Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am on with Dr. Millicent Ravello via Skype. Millicent, what's happening in your neck of the woods? <laughs> That's funny that you would say that because we literally just did a podcast about necks. So in my <laughs> neck of the woods, I'm looking, I'm looking pretty darn good, I must say. Yeah, things yeah. are good. Weather's good here. We're in isolation yeah. and uh, trying to do our podcast. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. We are isolating. We are social distancing. We got our Skype going on. So we are being responsible plastic surgeons. And today, what are we talking about? Butts. Butts. We're talking about some butts today. We need to talk about butts. You know, I can't believe it's taken us this long to get here. Listen, butts are in right now and they are going to be in for a while. Yes, 100%. And I got to say, I'm quite a fan of that as Someone that's always been a little bit on the butt curvy side. <laughs> it's finally come around for you, huh? I'm like, thank God. Well, you know, that, that goes for uh, the two of us. So, you know, it's always <laughs> been an issue for me. I, I think it started when I was a catcher. They were just like, dude, seriously? I'm like, well, you know, that's how it goes. But uh, <laughs> other people do want big butts. And uh, it's all, I think it started with J-Lo. And mm-hmm. it, it continued with, uh, with Kimye. And, you know, now you have people that want their butts bigger, and I get it. Yep. I mean, we've definitely seen a kind of a sea change in terms of how, you know, the ideal female body has evolved from the 80s with the aerobicized, like, no curves kind of body to the 90s, which was a little more natural, if not super, super skinny and waifish. And then the 2000s really got us in with J-Lo, you know, and she was sort of the first but then that brought in really an appreciation of, you know, curvier figures, particularly butts. And, of course, the Brazilian butt lift is the main way, I think, that people are, you know, looking to improve their their butt size and shape. Yes, which I think, to clarify, you know, the Brazilian butt lift is not really the right name for that. Um, it did originate in Brazil, so I will give them credit for that. But it's not really a lift, per se. It's really just injection of fat into the butt to make it bigger, which will also give it a bit of a lift, you know, if you're filling out a bit of a, a saggy skin envelope. But that's not really the point of it. The point of a Brazilian butt lift is to make it bigger, fat. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, when I was a resident in uh, Pittsburgh, Louis Toledo, who wrote this original book, really, about doing lipo augmentation of the buttocks, came through and was, you know, looking to to find a place to work. He wanted to get out of Brazil because he felt it was uh, not the safest place for his kids and his family. Ultimately, he wound up in Dubai. But I remember meeting him then and saying he was talking all about fat augmentation. And we were working on uh, stem cells from fat at Pittsburgh with Adam Katz and Ramon Yui. And it was a very, uh, you know, very fatty time. And uh, (laughs) sure enough, now the Brazilian butt lift is really popular and it's done a lot of places and of course, safety has improved and improved with this operation. Correct. And when we're talking about safety, I would, you know, you, what we have to talk about, well, let's talk about how it's done, first of all. Then we can sort of get into, you know, what the potential complications are. So at its most basic level, a Brazilian butt lift is basically a gluteal fat transfer. You're doing liposuction, usually large volume liposuction, typically of the waist and the thighs. And then you are processing it, washing the fat, and then turning it around and injecting it right back into the butt. And the whole concept is that 
not only are you making the butt bigger with the fat, you're also really sculpting in the waist. That's half the procedure is getting that really small waistline, which accentuates the hips and the butt. Absolutely. And that's what, you know, it's the, it's the double whammy. You're making the top part smaller and then the bottom part bigger. And that's the shape that people want. They want to get that. They want that, you know, augmented buttocks and, and a thin waist and it, it, it looks great. People love it. And earlier on, I would say in the early days of Brazilian butt fever, we were seeing extremely large butts, like big, big, big butts with lots of fat, fat transfer. And that's definitely still out there and it's definitely still a look and it's happening. But I think over time, we've sort of transitioned to a less dramatic look. You know, we certainly have people that want that. There are some that want just a smaller, more moderate version of that. And then you have the professionals and the moms that want just a little bit of enhancement, you know, without anybody knowing that they necessarily did anything. They just want to have a butt. Maybe they never had one before and they just want a little something there. So there's sort of a whole spectrum and range now of what you can get. And so a Brazilian butt lift does not have to mean you have the Kimye butt. No, and, and that's, uh, you know, there there's definitely a spectrum, as you said. And that's where, you know, the consultation is so key. You have to really discuss with, you know, the the patient and the doctor have to get on the same page of what you're you're looking for here so that you can make them, you know, the patient wants a certain look, you have a certain idea as the surgeon, what you can do and what you can't do. And that's where the conversation has to be really candid, very open. And photos are really helpful in that discussion. Super helpful and letting us know, you know, as the physician, what you're thinking and what you're looking. Because unlike the breasts, which are already hard to kind of get a generic size for, what does 32D mean to you? There's no size for the butt at all. Like other than like, you know, what size jeans do you wear, which it means absolutely nothing because every size is different. So there's no good way for a physician to know what you mean when, you know, you say you want a big butt. Like what does that mean to you? So that's where pictures are definitely super helpful. Yeah, there's no question that there because it's a look that you're trying to get. You you know, I don't like uh, when people say, "Oh, I want to have a 32C," you know, breast augmentation. Well, we don't have sizes that are consistent. It depends where you buy your bras, where you buy your you know your shirts. Like, I need a, to know what look are you looking for, not not the you know some sort of arbitrary you know seamstress's idea of what that that size is. And that's really important with the butt too. Like show me a picture of something that you're looking to achieve and we can tell you yes or no, or this is what we can or can't do. It's really, really important. I couldn't agree more. So we mentioned briefly, you know, what the safety profile is of these things and the usual complications that go with any surgery certainly exist with this bleeding, infection, uh, scarring. But the real complication that has been a major concern to everyone involved in these procedures is the potential risk of death from a fat emboli. And that is a no joke risk. It is a known risk. It happens, thankfully, extremely infrequently, but it happens um, and, and it's, it's, it's real, you know, something that has to be addressed. Absolutely. And, and it's less and less as people have understood what causes it. Right, right. Uh, but still, you know, the, like if I can tell you that you have, you know, a risk of death with you having a bigger butt, it doesn't sound exactly like it's something you want to want to sign up for. So that risk has been mitigated significantly. And if you read on the Internet, there's all these like disaster stories that you just have to now understand that 
we've gotten to a different point. There is a different way to approach this. We have different instrumentation. Mm-hmm. Like things are way better. Way better. Uh, we have a better understanding of the anatomy and where we're putting the fat and how to do it safely. But I think what has to be stressed so, so clearly here is you have to have this done by a board certified plastic surgeon more than I would say almost any other procedure we do, almost. This one, you really want to make sure you do your homework on. A lot of the cases that we saw in the beginning were being done by you know people in their backyards and garages. <laughs> like they were so being true. done by non-professionals, but people just went to them because they were offering these cheap butt lifts. And those are the ones that really had a lot of problems with these fat emboli. And, and what's, what's happening is you're taking large volumes of fat and you're injecting it into the butt and it gets into one of the large veins that is in the butt region and it literally just gets sucked right up your, you know, um, your vena cava up into the heart and then into your lungs and within seconds you're dead because you can't move blood around into your into your lungs. So we have a better understanding now of how that happens, but the people who know how to do it best and who are going to all of these meetings and understand it are going to be your board certified plastic surgeons. For sure. And, uh, you know, again, the, the instrumentation is different now. And again, I, I have, I've done a lot of these because anytime I do liposuction, people are like, well, can you put the fat in my butt? Right. While you're there, <laughs> like, I mean, what else are you going to do with it? You know, I'm like, I, it's, it's funny because I'm like the nose guy, but, you know, I wind up doing all these other ancillaries because people come for rhinoplasty and then you do, you know, oh, can you suction this out? Yeah. I mean, 20% of my patients are getting liposuction. That's like, you know, I should almost have like a, like a package deal discount for that so that people just <laughs> add it on. I mean, it's so common in my practice. And then they say, oh, then can you put the fat in my butt? And I'm like, sure, if you want a, you know, bigger butt or, you know, fill out some, you know, divots or dents or things that you don't like, works great. I, I, I think fat augmentation is a really nice move on the buttocks. Really nice move. I will just say one more thing um, about fat injection. They're just injections to the butt. And I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm putting that out there as a PSA. Do not inject anything in your butt other than fat. For the love of God, please. And what I'm talking about specifically are silicone, um, any kind of medical grade, any kind of shyster thing that people will advertise has been injected into the butts. And the problems that that cause are astronomical <laughs> well <laughs> there's no pun intended that was a super super dorky <laughs> joke but i like it and it's true because i have seen polymethyl methacrylate <laughs> injected into the buttocks i mean like a bag of like rocks of this you know awful plastic it's in the awful. butt uh silicone i have cases where i had to cut yep. off half the cheek to to you yeah. know, fix it but what do you think about sculpture in the butt do you like sculpture I don't do Sculptra um, into the butt, although I'm not adverse to it. Uh, the Sculptra is sort of like a collagen builder, and we've used it a lot in faces, particularly we found it first in patients that had AIDS and um, kind of AIDS wasting, so they lost fat in their face and volume. But you can put it anywhere, and what it does is it brings on a volume of your own. You create your own collagen in that area. And I think it works great in the butt. I think it works great in kind of small butts that don't need a lot or areas that just have a small little dimple or deformity because 
it's not a lot. It's not going to give you any dramatic results and it's expensive. Yeah, it, that's the thing. It is expensive. That's usually why people don't do it. It's not because it doesn't work, but it is way pricey. Yeah. Yeah. So if you got a lot of money and you want to spend it on Sculptra, we're here. We'll put it in. Sure, but, no problem. But fat is better. Some people don't have fat, you know, so then they yeah. have to go to a Sculptra or they can move to our next topic, which is butt implants. Butt implants, absolutely. I love these. I'm a, I'm, <laughs> I am a, I am a total fan of butt implants. You don't even, I don't have a section on my website or anything, but I do them a lot. And I think they, again, it's another one of those like add on things or other people who've had butt implants come in for them. But I really like using these. These are nice. It's a nice operation. You can make a really beautiful butt. The implants are well tolerated. And, you know, of course, the big question is always like, well, what does it feel to, like to sit exactly. on them? Exactly. How do you sit on them? Well, you don't. You don't sit on your butt. If anybody, true. you know, once you yeah. like sit down and check it out, you realize you sit on your pelvis, you sit on your ischial yeah. tuberosities. Your sits bones, we call them in yoga. Yeah, exactly. So you're sitting on your pelvis and your butt goes up your back. So that's where the butt implants go when you sit down. So you're not like sitting on two pillows that are really yeah. uncomfortable. Right. Um, I, the population that I like butt implants for is going to be my massive weight loss patients. Um, which will bring us to our next topic, which is butt lifts. But when you have the massive weight loss patients who have lost a lot of weight and they have a large amount of excess skin, we will do butt lifts and remove the extra skin, but it frequently leaves a very, very, very flat butt. And these are not patients that are well served with fat injections because their skin just isn't tight. You know, you need to have a nice tight skin envelope to really do well with fat injections to the butt. Otherwise, it's like trying to blow up, you know, a pillowcase with like, you know, a little bit of popcorn. Like it just doesn't work. <laughs> like it just doesn't – you have to put so much in there even once you take the skin out to get it to really look taut and, you know, nice and tight. So I think that those patients are well served with butt implants um, because otherwise it would just take way more fat to fill them up than they, than they have. Well, in butt implants, uh, you know, again, if you're doing a – in that setting of the massive weight loss patient – um, and we'll come back around to the to the non-massive weight loss patient, but you can put them in easily because if you're doing a butt lift, yeah, then right you there. already have access. You're looking right yeah. at the the gluteus muscle, and I think in that population, I tend to put these intramuscular. Yeah, it's easy enough because you I mean, you have the visualization; it's wide open. You're right there, and you're already taking out the skin. So I agree. I think that's fine. But if, if when I do um, butt implants for say the you know 30 year old mom who's you know lost weight after having all the babies and, and wants to have a, uh, you know, a bigger booty and doesn't have a whole lot of fat, I make a small incision uh, in the butt crack, you know, above the, uh, the action area. And using that one incision in the middle, I'm able to make two pockets and I tend to do subfascial, but some patients I still have to go intramuscular. So I like both methods. And what we're talking about is where the implant lives. You know, does the implant live under the muscle fascia, which is the thick coating of the gluteus muscle, or does it actually go under the muscle itself? Right, right. And I think either way works fine. just depends on the patient and, and what they, they need. What is your preference with that? I like under the muscle. Yeah, I mean, I'm 50-50. I'm I mean, I think there are some patients that subfascial is better, and there are some that I just know you're going to see the implant and see it a little too much. Um, it's a trade-off, you know, because the in the muscle thing, they can have more more problems with learning to walk again, mm -hmm. uh, for instance. Um, whereas subfascial, they're better in like two days, you know. So it does matter. 
in terms of their level of activity and, and the, what they need in terms of coverage of the implant and how big of an implant you're doing. True, true. Well, and then let's talk about butt lifts because you just mentioned that you like to put butt implants in your massive weight loss patient, but are there other options? Can you just lift the skin and use that? Like what I like to do is deepithelialize the skin that I would normally take and throw away and dunk it down to where I would put the butt implants and use that as a flap to build the butt. Right. And I think that's a really good option as well. Sort of we call it an auto augmentation, using the skin that you would otherwise throw away in a butt lift and using it to sort of create extra volume, I think is a great option. But when we're talking about butt lifts, butt lift can be on its own. And what you're talking about there is an incision that sort of goes right above the, the top of the butt, you know, from the butt crease, right where the most prominent part of it, you know, right at the lower back butt interface, that's where your incision is going to be. And it can just be there, and you can address the outer thighs and the butt with that incision, or you can continue it all the way around to the front in a 360-degree fashion with the tummy tuck. So it's like a full, you know, lower body lift in that situation. Um, but the goal of either is to remove the extra skin that's causing the butt to look like it's sagging, which happens with time, it happens with weight loss, it happens with pregnancy. And so it's like a tummy tuck, but for the back, for the butt. A tummy tuck for the back. A tummy tuck for the butt. I like yeah. that. That is good. <laughs> so that analogy. Yeah, and those are the, sort of the ideas that, that we have in terms of where you can fall on the spectrum. So the best thing to do if you're thinking about a bigger butt is to get a consultation with a board-certified plastic surgeon. You know, you and I are, are both available, but not everybody lives in, in our neck of the woods, uh, as we said earlier. But uh, we were definitely into making beautiful butts and there's a lot of ways to to get at that one so uh dr ravello anything else we need to go over here nope i think we'll probably go into more detail down the road on each of these individual procedures but i think that's a pretty good overview excellent well then this is the beverly hills plastic surgery podcast coming to you from the 90210 i like big butts and i cannot lie you other brothers can't deny and when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face you get sprung Cause you notice that butt was stuck Deep in the jeans she's wearing I'm hooked and I can't stop staring Oh baby, I wanna get whipped up And take your picture My whole boy's trying to warn me But that butt you got makes The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast Is brought to you by Rock Spa This is Medi Spa Located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach Providing services such as Botox, fillers, lasers, and all therapy, as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me, Dr. Jay Calvert. Rock Spa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496. And Rock Spa Newport Beach is located at 1617 West Cliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-644-1111. You can go to their respective websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. Rock Spa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty and 
if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast, you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery, but there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery. Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, and I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com, and you can reach my office by calling 310-777-8800, and that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office. My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is 310-954-1355. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.